With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone. Welcome to the Wonder of Parenting podcast, the brain science approach to parenting. I'm Tim Wright. He's Dr. Michael Gurian. And Michael, it's good to be with you today. Great to be with you, Tim. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's been a busy day here at the Wright household. We just got done hosting about 40 women in our backyard for a shower for my niece who's getting married in a few months. Oh, wow. And they had a spread of food that you would not believe. So there were uh, homemade scones, best scones I've ever wow. had, little chocolate balls with cream cheese, chocolate, and Oreo mixed in. Um, and I did try to eat something healthy as well, which was a carrot. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of on a sugar buzz right now. So this should be great. I'm amped up for all these questions and, um, and it might be a little noisy here. They're still kind of cleaning up. So if you hear people in the background, that's just people cleaning up. And on top of that, our little granddaughter's here for an overnight with grandpa. And she's just anxious to hang out with grandpa, but she knows she can't come in here for a while. So if she makes an appearance, we'll, we'll do an interview with her as well. So yes. busy on our end. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, when, as we're recording this, it was a week ago today that I was up in Spokane with Michael for a Helping Christian Boys Thrive Summit, and we had a great time together. And uh, we're going to be back in April uh, for a Helping Boys Thrive Summit in Spokane. And Michael, if, if people would ever uh, be interested in pursuing hosting uh, a Helping Boys Thrive Summit in their community or even a Helping Christian Boys Thrive Summit in their community, how would they do that? Yeah, well, um, go to helpingboysthrive.org, helpingboysthrive.org, and that website has uh, PDFs that give information of how to do it, and um, you know the website itself kind of lays out the case for why it's a great idea, um, uh, etc. So it's all on that site, and then you just email in um, from the site, uh, or I or People can email to info at gurianinstitute.com, info at gurianinstitute.com. That's where it's going to go. It'll go to gail at gurianinstitute.com or info at gurianinstitute.com and say, hey, I've been on the site. You know, I've heard about these summits. Uh, we'd like to look at bringing Helping Boys Thrive uh, or the church Helping Christian Boys Thrive Summit to our community. And then, you know, the ball will be rolling from there. Yeah. Boy, we had a great time and, and uh, we've got one coming up. In November, I don't know when this podcast will drop, but early November in Santa Fe and and uh, one uh, here in Phoenix, and then, of course, that one in Spokane. So we would love to be in your community if you think this would be helpful, and we can tell you from our end, it really mm -hmm. is helpful for those who go. Mm -hmm. um, we've also got some people who make it possible for us to come to you each and every week free of charge. And um, the first is uh, our newest sponsor. They're not so new now. They've been with us quite a while. And that's the Forge School. And Michael, you are really high on this school. So tell us what you're so excited yeah, about. Yeah, it's the Forge School. It's for boys 14 to 17 residential treatment. 
So it is residential. Um, it's on a six-week to two-month model, what they call the short-term model now. And uh, real, so really intensive to help them. Uh, so any boy who is having trouble in that age group, 14 to 17, um, go to wonderofparenting.com. Um, or the parents or the community, go to wonderofparenting.com and just click the Forge link. And they have also a wonderful website that kind of lays out um, all that they do and how great the team is there. Uh, we also want to say thanks to our long, long-term sponsor, and that's Dr. Greg Jansen, the folks up in the Seattle area, uh, the center of Place of Hope. And they do great work up there, have really innovative programs, one of the top 10 in the country for treating depression uh, if you've got an issue, they've got a program to help you or a book or resources, wonderofparenting.com. You'll find a link to them. That's the center of place of hope. And they really believe in what we're talking about here. And Greg Jansen and, and uh, Michael wrote a book together a few years ago on mm -hmm. boys. And, and so we're really appreciative of their advocacy on behalf of boys and girls uh, all across the country, around the world. Uh, we've got a really interesting question today. Uh, it's probably one that every parent is going to deal with from time to time, and that how do mm -hmm. we get our kids to do their chores? And uh, you love mm -hmm. to talk about chores as sacred work, I know. So um, this isn't just about you know making kids do stuff to do stuff. There's something important behind it. So let me read the question, and then we can chat about it. Uh, do you have any suggestions for parents whose kids seem totally unmotivated to do the housework assigned them. We have two daughters, 14 and 12, and two sons, 9 and 3. When the youngest was only one, we moved, and between the new house and the new child decided to give the older three a larger share of the housework. Previously, their only responsibilities had been folding their own clothes, cleaning up their toys and things, but now we have them helping with a larger share of folding and putting away laundry, the girls take turns washing dishes and cleaning up after meals, and the older boy is supposed to clean the dining table and sweep after meals. We also have a dog, cat, fish, and chickens they help care for. Most other housework, tidying, sweeping, mopping, vacuuming, dusting, scrubbing, laundry, garbage, recycling, composting, gardening, yard work, etc. Hmm. Is that what my wife does all day long? My goodness. Uh, my wife and I are still doing. We want to gradually increase the kids' share, but it's extremely difficult to even get them to do what we've assigned. They regularly don't do their work, do it only partially, procrastinate, forget, complain that it's too much or unfair, etc. We've had many discussions with them about it, but with no noticeable change. My wife and I feel simply overwhelmed with how much work there is to do and frustrated with the kids' seeming unwillingness to help. Now, uh, I can resonate with this. Uh, I was uh, the firstborn of five kids, my dad worked full-time. Uh, my mom on and off would work part-time. And I remember them giving us chores to do, like mm -hmm. hand-scrubbing the floor uh, and uh, some other things. And, uh, you know, I remember it being a battle for my mom to get us to do uh, our housework. But again, you like to position this as sacred work. So when you heard this and read this, what were some initial thoughts for you? Yeah, well, similar in that um, chores were, you know, we had to do our chores when I was growing up, um, and it was something we had to do, and we may have resisted, but but we had to do it. And then as my—do them. And then as I was raising my kids, Gail and I were raising Gabrielle and Davida, um, we had certain sets of chores for them to do that they had to do. You know, if they don't do the chores, they don't get their allowance, and we, we as a family, did give allowance— um, 
uh, my parents did not have the resources for allowance when I was growing up, but Gail and I did. And so we, you know, we, we gave allowance, but if they didn't do their chores, they didn't get their allowance. So for many years of their life, right, if they didn't do their chores, they had no money <laughs> before they started working. That was where the money came from. So, um, so that, I mean, that was one thing that always comes to me right away is, uh, don't do chores. There's no allowance, you know, no privileges, no c cell phone. And with our kids with cell phone, now it's smartphone. Um, uh, so I think it's that's really really important, and and yes, part of why I think it's very important is because chores are sacred work. We call them chores, and it's a kind of a word we've used for I don't know decades. So we'll always use it, but it has a kind of an implication of things being small. You know, these chores—they're little small things. But I don't I don't see them as small. I think we need to position them as we're raising our children uh, to be sacred work. They're part of the child's character. You know, I, I, I want to see them contextualized into, you know, if you can't do this work, then your character is at stake. This is this is part of your character development. You have to do this work. And why? The why is because it helps your family. It helps your family. And, you know, the one of the most important things kids can do is help their family because the family gives them so much and this is what they can give back. Uh, so uh, that's why I use the word sacred for it. It's in that context of character and family values. Um, I think to some extent, so now with this generation, these kids are 14, 12, 9, and 3. Uh, the three-year-old, I'm going to bracket out because there's very little of these things the three-year-old can do. Um, he can tag along, but there's very little he can do. But the 14, 12, and 9-year-old, they can do most of these things. And so I would suggest they get divided up family may have already done this, but divide, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> make a list, you know, um, <clears throat> name of the 14 year old, this is your list, name of the 12 year old, this is your name of the nine year old, this is your list, um, three year old tag along and learn, and then divide up these chores. And as they each do them, um, you know, it becomes an individual journey for them. So if the 14 and the nine year old are doing their chores, but the 12 year old is not, then they'll get allowance and the 12 year old won't. Uh, or they'll get their smartphone back um, uh, for the 14 and 12. I'm assuming they have smartphones. They'll get them back. Um, for the nine-year-old, I hope he does not have a smartphone, but he'll have video games, which I hope he's not playing very much. But, you know, he'll have stuff, obviously, and those get taken away and given back. Um, uh, because in that context uh, of sacred work, um, I, I think the digital is a big piece for this generation. Um they're not motivated to do other stuff because they're having so much fun digitally. And um, and then parents have four kids. They're overwhelmed. And so, you know, they just do it themselves. They don't want to fight. They just do it themselves. So my heart goes out to them. But I think a month of delineating it, being really authoritative as parents, this is it. You know, you get you get nothing. You don't do your chores. You get nothing except meals. You know, that kind of thing. Not too mean, but that kind of thing. Um, hopefully this will clean itself up in a month to two months. That would be my hope. It's probably not out of the realm to say the overwhelming majority of kids are really going to be resistant to chores. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, some kids may love it. They may love tidying up their room and so on. But the word chore suggests it's a chore, right? It's a burden. Exactly. Yep. Um, and it's hard to, to even change the word up. You can call it sacred work, and we certainly see it as that. But for these kids, you know, they're teenagers, they're young kids. Uh, they want You're right. They want to be on their games. They want to be with their kids. They want to be out doing sports. Last thing they want to be doing is cleaning a floor or whatever. So uh, in addition to the uh, sort of the perks uh, or the carrots, so to speak. You get an allowance. You get this amount of screen time. You earn this. You earn that privilege. Um, w- when you're thinking about giving chores to kids, what kind of boundaries should parents be thinking about in terms of how much to expect from their kids when it comes to chores? I, th- I think of kids being so busy these days with school, with sports, with music, with theater. Um, what sh- can and should parents expect from kids? And maybe if, if you know, you sort of have it in your brain, uh, sort of age groups, um, you know, how much would you expect from, say, 5 to 9 and then 10 to 12, whatever? Right. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying about chores. It's, I, I called it, when we were raising our kids, we started calling it family work. Wow. We, we didn't call them chores, you know, because it's, it is work. And it's work to help the family. And it was sort of toward the, by the time our kids were teens that I started, or maybe tweens, that I started using sacred work, you know, and then I, I talk about that, of course, in my books and so on. Um, uh, but family work is fine, you know, uh, we kind of alternated uh, and we use the word chores, but we were really trying to get our kids to understand that this is family work. This is the work the kids do that helps the family. And so it's part of their character development. So um, I think that needs to be the context. And then in these lists, uh, we just hold, as you said, make things reasonable, like like washing the dishes. Okay. And I'm going now through their list. So washing the dishes, that takes about five minutes. Okay. So it doesn't matter how busy anyone is. Um, uh, you know, the, let's take the 14 and 12-year-old. I'll just use them as an example. They can wash the dishes for six people in probably five to seven minutes. So that should go on their list together or one of those lists because it doesn't matter how busy they are. They can do that. Um, uh, you know, and cleaning up after meals, I'm putting as that. Then the outdoor. So there's the chickens and so on. Uh, that can be divided up so that that's not taking one child's, you know, an hour or two who may have athletics, but that's being divided up so that uh, cleaning the chicken coop, that's probably going to happen on the weekend when they have more time. It's going to take, and it can go, you know, on the, on the list they make, that's going to take, I've never, I've never done it, so I don't know, but I'm going to say 20 minutes or a half hour, whatever it is, it goes on the list. And so the child has to set that time aside on Saturday or on Sunday, whatever it is, and clean the chicken coop. And if that's going to take a while, then that goes on two lists, like the 12 and the nine-year-old. And so, you know, and taking the garbage out, I'm just, again, looking at the list, or putting the laundry in the washer, that's probably going to be more the 14-year-old 
uh, maybe the 12-year-old. That only takes five minutes. So when we break these down and put them into into lists, I think we're going to find that most of these do not compete with a highly athletic child or a child doing a lot of sports. What they may compete with is is the digital, but that's fine. We want to cut out if kids are under-motivated to do something, one of the reasons is they're spending too much time on digital. So we want to cut out the digital anyway as much as we can um, and and buy that 10 minutes or buy that 15 minutes off of the digital. But I don't think this is going to rob anyone of their athletics or of their homework. Uh, I think the, the, the nature of all of us is that the chore is far worse when you're thinking about it and dreading it versus actually doing it. So we probably all spend 30 minutes angry about having to do the chore that only takes us five minutes. And so, you know, part of it is, um, and I don't know how you communicate this with kids, that's why you're the expert, but part of it is sort of communicating to our kids, this is what life is like. We're building some resilience in you. We're teaching you the, the sacredness of work. And sometimes you do things you don't like to do. Sometimes you get to do things you love to do. Uh, but that's just sort of how the world works, and this is the way that you're going to make money someday. I can say for me, uh, because my mom did make us do chores, I hated doing chores. But I can look back now as we're talking about that, and I can look at periods of my life and say, I am so glad she was she persevered and taught us things. And so when I went off to college, you know, how to just take every single piece of clothing I have and once every quarter wash things, right? All the colors together. Now, she would have separated them out. I at least <laughs> right. got them yeah. washed you know, once every two months. Or right. learning how uh, one of the things that I do now is when I'm making the meal, I just wash dishes as I go so that once the meal is done, we don't have a lot of cleanup. And those are kind of some of the little skills that you learn that you take with you into your other jobs. So when you're talking to your kids... Uh, one of the things you said, which was great, was, you know, you want to talk to them that we're building resilience, we're building a sense of character. In that vein, is it appropriate from time to time to have a performance review and negotiate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with every new, you know, with every new privilege that kids get, they get new responsibility, and then they fulfill the responsibilities, and they get more privilege, right? Because they're growing up and the way they show they're growing up, one of the ways they show it is by fulfilling their responsibilities. And that, oh, okay, you're more of a grown-up. Like like you've sort of said, you're more like you understand how life is and that you will have to work and persevere. And okay, well, that's showing maturity. And so then you get more privilege. And so there is there is a constant negotiation. Um, and, and the word negotiation is a great one to put in here because one of the other things I, I wanted to talk about was the the power struggle around chores mm. or around family work, the way that attachment and separation works, you know, between parents and kids. And they're attaching, they're separating, they're attaching, mm. then they're individuating. And one of the ways that they uh, – one of the rubrics under which chores come is power struggle around attachment and separation. So they're, they're going to create a power struggle about these chores – uh, right to constantly be testing the parents. Ah. You know, um, are they are they going to make me do the chores, and or how much power do I have as a kid? Oh, I have I have power. Look, they just get really really mad at me, and then they go do the chores. Man, I got a lot of power, and 
to some extent, what the parents have to do, especially with these age groups, is is kind of take back their power and say, you know what, if you want to cut your hair a certain way, or if you want to color your hair or whatever those things are, you know, you can win that battle. You're going to individuate, you're going to create an identity, um, you're going to experiment in your own way, I'm not going to be authoritarian with you, right? But on chores, I'm going to be authoritative. So on family work, I'm going to be authoritative. You need to do your chores for all the reasons I've described. And now I'm not going to describe any more reasons for you. <laughs> you know, I've laid it all out for you. We've created a list. And now this power struggle will end. Um, you need to do it or here are the consequences. So we should go into it cognizant of these two parallel lines going on at once for our kids, right? One is they they need to create power struggle to some extent in order to individuate and assert themselves. But the other parallel line is, but they have to mature also. Right. We have to help them to mature. And uh, family work and sacred work is part of maturation. So when it comes to articulating the need for work in a family, and, and you've kind of laid it out, we're doing this to help you build character. We're doing this because this is good for the family. And as a family, we all pitch in. Uh, do parents ever have the the entree, the permission to sit the kids down once in a while and say, we just want you to know part of the reason why we're asking you to work is because we're tired. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, that we're, we're working, we're, we're providing food for you, a house for you, but we're tired and we need you to help. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember when my kids, this is going back now 20 years when my kids were younger, uh, um, 20 years might be too far, but whenever it was when Saving Private Ryan came yes. out. So someone's going to have to help me with this math. So that was 1996. Well, that's not bad. That was, isn't that 25 years mm-hmm. ago? Okay. So my kids were, um, uh, we saw that and we had all sorts of talks about soldiers. And I am actually going somewhere with this. We had all these talks about soldiers. And then my, both of my, you know, my father and Gail's father were both, um, are both veterans. We're both veterans. They passed away. And uh, we were talking about that and all of that. And and it morphed into, in talking to our kids, um, it morphed into we as a family, we're, look at how those soldiers, their most important thing is taking care of each other, right? They know they're fighting a war, but the most important thing is they got to take care of each other, these brothers. And um, at that time, it was all men. So these brothers are taking care of each other. Well, that's what we got to do as a family. Mm. As a family, we are a unit, and this unit has to take care of each other because we are the most important thing. We have to take care of each other. And if we're not taking care of you, okay, then, you know, that's on us. But if you're not taking care of us, the family, then that's on you. And so I tried to use that metaphor with them because that movie was so present. Those of you who are who remember it, it was like big in the culture yep. at that yep. time, 25 years ago. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I see the family. The family. So if that metaphor does not work for someone, maybe they don't like the metaphor of soldiers. But but somehow they need to use a metaphor that that does describe the fact that that is what a family is, and it's only in the last maybe one or two generations when when families have seen themselves as the parents do everything, and the kids, you know, just sit around being comfortable or something, right? You know what I'm yes. getting at. It's it's like, well, if I want my kids to have a childhood, 
I should be doing everything as a parent. Right. That is just not right. correct. Right. You know, that's just that we just somehow got that from pop psychology somewhere around 30 or 40 years ago. But that is absolutely not correct. That doesn't do the kids any good. They, they're immature when they grow up. They don't grow up. Um, and it's not correct to nature. The family is a natural unit in which people are bonded together and they persevere together. So I, I, that's why, you know, if you don't like soldier, do something else that gives them that sure. metaphor. So, so I think what I'm hearing you say is as good as sports are in the development of character and teamwork, music, all those things, kids still should have sacred work at home. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah, I would say that that sacred work is as important or more important. You know, if they can't do that sacred work as part of their family, then then they're they're too distant from their family. Uh, we we need to protect their bond in their family because part of how we're bonding in a family is we're doing all this stuff together, right? right? We're we're moving through life together, taking care of each other. So, I you know I I I certainly said this with my kids. I said you know if if you aren't able to do the things that are most important in this family unit then you clearly don't have the time to go do these uh. other things. Well, they suddenly found the time, you know. And and you know, when I look at this list, again, I want to go back to the fact that as I went through this list, I just can't see anything in here unless it's the stuff with animals, which I don't have experience right. with. I can't see anything that takes a lot of time. Right. Um, the vacuuming, if you if one child had to vacuum the whole house, depending on how big the house is, okay, that could take time, so that can get divided up. But you know what yep. I mean? I do. Um, most of this, it seems like, is not going to take a lot of time, so they'll still be able to do the things that they themselves love yeah. to do. Yeah, good point. Let's just transition it briefly. We're, we're about out of time mm-hmm. to actual work and when it's appropriate, you think, for kids to get paid work uh, outside of the home. I When I was in seventh grade, I had my first job and mm-hmm. uh, basically worked, well, kind of worked ever since, seventh grade on and off. Um you know, worked for a few a dollar twenty five an hour. That's how much I made back in whenever that was. Wow, good yeah, memory. <laughs> yeah, and then I was so excited when I got a job pumping gas, which nobody does anymore. You pump your own gas, but I used to be a a gas jockey and I'd pump gas for people. Made two dollars and ten cents, and I asked for a raise, and they said, "Nope, you're making too much already." So th- those were the days, <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, you know, in in my world, that was sort of a natural thing, and I still did sports. I still did. Um, music and so on, but I did have a job where I worked a couple hours a day. Uh, what about kids today? They've got so many other things going on. Is it a good idea for them to start working high school, 
or or is is this sacred work enough for them if they're really involved in other things? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. The thing it's depend on is the family schedule and the kids schedule I think regarding sports. Um if the kids are not, you know, 3 4 hours um a day already doing sports that are, you know, extracurricular to school, then I suggest that all kids go to work at 16. Um uh I went to work. I'm more like you. Obviously, we're the similar age. I started out with paper routes, which my dad and my brother and I did together. And then um, uh, then I moved to cleaning bathrooms at the Continental Trailways bus station yeah, when yeah. I was 14, which I think I've <laughs> joked in this podcast before made me absolutely want to go to college, you know, because <laughs> I, I mean, that's my throwaway line, but it was really true. Yep, it was like, yep. oh, my God, this is a very hard job. Um Total respect for everyone who does that. So then I moved, uh, then I moved to um, uh, waiting tables and and so on at sixteen. Busboy started as busboy at restaurants. So then with our kids, uh, we actually did the same with them. They started working at a um, uh, a nursing home that's about ten minutes from our house. They were servers in the dining room. And they both started at 16 working, and they're earning their own money. So we stopped giving them allowance. They were earning their own money. And that was a neat rite of passage for them. Um, so I really like starting to work at 16 in a way, whatever is appropriate for the laws, et cetera, in a state. I'm not into child labor. I'm not trying to say that to people. But um, yeah, by the time they're 16, they're, they ought to be working. And that'll keep them, also keeps them off a lot of the stuff we don't want them to get involved in because they're spending those hours working. The caveat is that when I say that to some parents, they'll say, but, you know, my daughter or my son does three or four hours of uh, right. sports and then on Saturday. So then, you know, so then what I'll say is when that season is up, whatever that sport is. So some of them are year-round sports, okay, but if some of them have seasons, when that season is up, then let's have them working for the rest of the year and absolutely have them working during the summer. I have to say I do not understand why every child is not at least applying for a job, 16 and up, applying for a job in the summer and then applying for another one and then applying for another one until they get a job or until someone in their extended family system can can you know somehow employ them for a few hours. I mean, especially in the summer, every 16-year-old should be doing something that's like work. Right. And and even that, uh, I remember, I'm sure you do too, um, applying for jobs and being rejected. Oh, yeah. It's part of the journey. Right. And, <laughs> you know, you know, hearing people say, well, you need experience. Well, how can I get experience if you don't hire me? And, and that's, you're right. That's a part of the journey. It's building resilience. It's building grit. Uh, it does help you appreciate what you have. And it, it does uh, also help you begin to, to say, you know what, I, I don't think I want to do that the rest of my life. I think I'm gifted to do something else. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't regret any of my work experiences. And I had a number of them like you did, uh, working maintenance, not maintenance, but, uh, you know, janitorial stuff. And, and uh, all of that just a part of who I am today. So, uh, you know, it sounds like a couple old guys, you know, telling people we used to do it, so you should get a job. But you're talking about it on a much different level. This is good for the brain. This is good for character. And it's good for long-term um, visioning for who they want to be. Yeah, and maturation. Our yeah. ultimate job as parents is not to make our kids comfortable. It's to mature our children into adults. That's our job. So even though we will make our kids comfortable because we love them and we will protect them, et cetera, our, our job 
outside of that context of protecting them, our job is to help them become adults. And so working is a big part of becoming an adult. Wow. Perfect way to end. Michael, good stuff today as always. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you for writing in the question. If you have not yet joined us on our Facebook page, encourage you to do that. We have a, a, over 1,000 people who are a part of that now. And uh, you just need to go to uh, Facebook and then search Wonder of Parenting. And when you get there, hit join the group. And I, as soon as I get a message, I'll let you in. And you'll find that there are a lot of great questions there, a lot of interaction with other parents. And um, we interact with you occasionally as well through there. But it's really a, a place for you as parents to talk about parenting together. So uh, if you'd like to join that, that's where you can get some questions to us. We, we pick some of those questions for the podcast. Or you can go to wonderofparenting.com, and there's a submission form there for more questions. So thank you very much, and we will be with you next time for The Wonder of Parenting, A Brain Science Approach to Parenting. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.